0: Hello there, and welcome back to the Thai Expat Daily Show. It's your host, Kira Mack, as always, and delighted that you have been able to tune in with us once again. It is a beautiful Saturday morning down here in southern Thailand. And I hope it's nice wherever you are. So before we jump into today's show, let's uh, firstly get the bits and pieces out of it. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, subscribe to the channel, and do give us an old share if you can. If you are listening to us on one of the various podcast players, or you want to, just click the subscribe button on, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, there is so many, and we're on them all. And there's a link down in the description to where you can get the uh, links for the various different podcast players. So first things first, um, if you're living in Bangkok, I am so sorry, excessive PM 2.5 dust detected in 43 areas of Bangkok yesterday. Air quality in these 43 areas in Bangkok on Friday have fallen below the standard level to the extent that it can adversely affect your health. Due to a high level of PM2.5 dust in the atmosphere measuring between 36 and 74 microns and that's against the standard level of 50 microns. The Air Quality Information Center of the Bangkok Metropolitan Administration said that the amount of uh, PM2.5 dust in is forecast to increase again today and up until February 1st uh, due to poor air circulation especially in central Bangkok and the northern and southern parts of Thonburi. So yeah, if you're out and about, wear your N95 mask. It's not to keep away COVID, it is to protect your lungs and your health. And a lot of people are doing it and it is well, well needed if you're in Bangkok and the surrounding areas. Now, first story, and we are bringing you four stories today. The first story is about... um. Tourist operators being um, absolutely exasperated by the police scams that have been going on. There seems to be more and more coming out each and every day. Tourism operators have expressed frustration over repeated scandals involving Thai police after they were accused of extorting a Taiwanese actress during her trip to the country. The Tourism Authority of Thailand urged an investigation into the issue to evaluate its impact on the country. Taiwanese actress Charlene Ann talked with media about her experience, claiming that she was extorted of 27,000 baht by Thai police on January 4th. The incident was widely reported by Taiwanese media this week. The actress told reporters her group was stopped by police at a checkpoint, with officers claiming her visa on arrival wasn't valid and demanding a physical visa stamp or else she would face charges. After two hours of detention, her group was asked to pay 27,000 baht to be released, she told her Instagram followers. The police subsequently denied the actress's uh, accusations. They say she was merely warned about having an illegal vaporizer and that no money was demanded or paid. Tanet Supawankasi, president of the Tourism Council of Chanburi, insisted related organizations and the Royal Thai Police must investigate the issue, punishing anyone involved if they committed a crime. Authorities must work to prevent future extortion, targeting tourists, he said. As Chinese and Taiwanese tourists return to Thailand, this will affect the country's image, he noted. He said roughly 2,000 Taiwanese tourists per day apply for a visa to Thailand. Taiwan citizens are eligible for a 30-day VOA in Thailand. Mr. Tanet said, uh, Scams or tourist extortion, such as taxi drivers who arbitrarily uh, charge high prices without using the meter, are persistent problems in all major tourist destinations. The Tourism Council of Thailand said it plans to address these concerns with the government and related authorities in an attempt to pressure them for a quick resolution of these issues. Marisa Sukasal, president of the Thai Hotels Association, said that tourist safety in Thailand fared poorly in a global survey, ranking 92nd according to the World Economic Forum's Travel and Tourism Development Index. The index listed Vietnam, Indonesia and Malaysia at 33, 58 and 59 respectively for safety and security. She said exploitation of tours must be tackled immediately as Thailand is behind other countries in terms of its reputation for safety and security. Governor Yutasek Supasorn said the agency is coordinating with its Taiwan office to follow up on the issue and estimate the impact on the, percentage of, on the perception of Thailand. He said together with the illicit VIP police escorts offered on Chinese e-commerce platforms, TAT offices in the mainland are gathering information. Or, I think roughly translated, we're exceptionally busy trying to uh, put out the fires that the Royal Thai Police seem to be creating. Now, on a every second day, by the looks of it, if you read through the media, it is all over the newspapers every few days. Look as I said, it's 2023. We're in the era of social media. We're in the era where people have mobile phones with cameras and can record everything, take pictures, take voice recordings, post it on social media. It can get to hundreds of thousands of people very fast. So the idea that to continue this practice that maybe is going on here in Thailand, is just nuts. You're going to get caught. And there's only a certain amount of times you can continue to deny it until you then you have to face up to the problem that exists. Now we do know that back in 2014, after the coup, the government promised there was gonna be a big clean up of the police force, that corruption was gonna be eradicated. I don't believe that's ever happened, and certainly that promise was not ever kept. So it is certainly something that the next government coming into the country probably should look at. And Every tourist can tell you, you know, uh, maybe here in Phuket, for example, when they have these motorbike checkpoints on the end of the month, which are always known for, you know, collecting a few bob because, you know, rent has to be paid and whatnot, that if you go through certain tourist areas, that it's the foreigners that are all pulled over. While the ties will speed by, you know, no helmets on, you know, who knows what kind of bike they're on. But the tourists are an easy target because they don't know the rules and regulations and the laws and they're not here for so long. So really making a scene and uh, a problem is not something they really want to do. So they pay the 400 or 500 baht fine and they move along. But these things, of course, need to be sorted out. And of course, as I said, with the age of social media, it's spreading rapidly in many, many countries. And yes, there is an image problem and it needs to be sorted out ASAP. Now, I don't know people who've been here to Thailand who listen to the show. Have you ever been scammed here in Thailand? Whether it's not, it's by, you know, something like the police or, you know, even taxis or any other kind of scam. I'd love to know about that down in the comment section and your experience. Now, moving along, the tourism industry are ready to greet Chinese groups while maintaining its diverse clientele. Thailand's tourism industry has welcomed the news that the Chinese government is allowing the group tour market to resume after a hiatus of almost three years. The Chinese tourists will be able to visit 20 countries including Thailand, a blessing for the hospitality industry which stands to benefit from the return of a significant increase in these international tourists and the revenue they would bring. The Tourism Authority of Thailand expects at least 5 million Chinese tourists to visit Thailand this year. Approximately 11 million Chinese tourists visited Thailand in 2019 before the COVID-19 outbreak and they generated 531 million baht in tourism income. Tad expects the revenue from Chinese tourists this year to exceed that of pre-COVID era. In a reassuring message to the public, the Thai government says it believes that Thailand would be able to contain the spread of COVID-19, despite the influx of tourists from China, which is seeing a massive increase in cases following the relaxation of the zero-COVID policy. The TATS office in five Chinese cities, namely uh, Shanghai, Beijing, Guangzhou, Chengdu and uh, Kunming, have put in, a place, in place a promotional program called China is Back, starting with a tourism campaign dubbed Two Lands, One Heart. Now, the uh, executive director of the proud real estate PLC said that the overall tourism sector will make a fuller recovery once a Chinese tourists uh, return in full. As a hotel owner, her company expected Chinese groups to start arriving in the fourth quarter of 2022, but that didn't happen. It's now expecting that the number will soar in the second half of this year. She was speaking at a recent Thailand Tourism Forum 2022, or 23 Innovation in Hospitality, where she joined others from leading companies in the hospitality sector. The slower-than-expected return of Chinese tourists prompted uh, her company to look for new markets like Russia and the Middle East to make up the numbers. Now, although the Chinese are returning, it's vital that we maintain diversity, she said. We must not neglect our new markets, especially the Russian, which has exceeded our target, she added. A more diverse mix of guests is considered healthy for the hospitality business. And that also is according to the senior vice president of Banyan Tree Group, who was at this forum too. So yes, they're obviously talking, yes, we need to diversify. We just don't need to solely focus on Chinese guests, but we need to focus on everybody else. But if you always notice in these conversations, nobody's ever mentioning the Thai domestic traveler. That's completely left out. I mean, they wooed and begged them to support the industry from 2020 until, you know, basically July of last year and as soon as the opportunity came again to reopen the Thai tourist the Thai domestic traveler has been outpriced of the market. And that's basically what's happened. I had always hoped that hotels would have learned from this, that you need to diversify and have a healthy contrast of Thai domestic tourism and international tourism and be able to run your hotel with both. Because I think COVID should have taught everybody a lesson at this stage, is not to over-rely on international markets and to also appeal to the Thai domestic market. But maybe that's something now that, you know, Chinese tourists are coming back and it's going to be forgotten about. This is what I'm afraid of that is going to happen, but it's part of life, I guess. The The dollar sign is always greater than uh, really thinking about, you know, other people and markets, right? So another thing that's a very interesting factor is after a tough few months, luxury hotel staff are ending 2022 on a high note. Luxury hotel JW Marriott Phuket was the biggest gainer in this year's year-end celebration, earning total service charge of 79,980 baht making it number one in Thailand according to a Facebook page. The hotel was followed by Four Seasons in the Golden Tri- Triangle in Shanghai, whose staff earned 65,939 baht in service charge, and Four Seasons Resort in Koh Samui that had 64,250 baht. The staff at many five-star hotels received an average of thirty to 50,000 baht per person, and some hotels added extra bonuses for their services during the high season. The high earnings at the year end have made more people eager to get jobs at luxury hotels. And this is very true. So you may be asking, what is service charge? Is it tips or what is it? So service charge is uh, in many hotels tacked on to the end of every bill that you have in a hotel, 10% service charge on your room bill, on your drinks bill, your food bill, whatever you use in the hotel, the spa, service charge. And then this is all put into a pot at the end of the year or at the end of each month and divided up between the staff. And that's where the service charge comes from. Many people probably would work for free if they were getting a high service charge in a hotel. And this is kind of where the issue with service charge starts to begin. It's hotels reliance on having this high service charge, but still consider it to be paying very low wages to people. They're relying basically on their hotel being busy, their guests spending a lot, and then the guests paying, in essence, more money for the services of those staff and that's where it comes from now these service charges are very high they're the highest i've seen in quite a while but there is a reason behind this highness it's because there's a shortage in the hotel industry therefore maybe before covid okay they were getting the same total amount of service charge but they were dividing it between a higher number of staff in the hotel now they may have 25 percent, 30 percent less staff in the hotel which means this is the reason why the service charge is has risen but You might also say, well, that's a good thing, right? No, it's not a good thing. They're still advertising. They're looking for this extra 25 to 30%. It's not by choice that hotels in Thailand are not full, you know, their their manpower budgets are not full. This is not by choice. It's because there's no staff to fill them at the moment because there's a huge shortage of staff here in Thailand. So in essence, if they manage to get that, the service charge would drop dramatically. Now, I've seen recently as well hotels advertising looking for their jobs uh, you know what their job vacancies and they have you know whatever 20 30 different types of jobs listed on the website and then the next page oh, service charge last month at this hotel was this amount but the chances of it being this amount when these people join are very slim. Also, low season, the service charge dramatically drops because hotels just aren't as busy. Also, many hotels don't mention that, you know, for the first three months of your probation when you're working at these hotels, you don't get service charge. Many hotels implement contracts here in Thailand where you'll only get a contract for six months to work in the hotel. For only high season, you don't reserve, receive service charge. So, yes, there could there's a lot of reasons why it's so high. and. I think there's a, a lack of fairness in how it's been divided up in a lot of these hotels. It would be interesting if they actually published what was the criteria to receive such a high service charge and you might find that it's different per hotel and everybody has different rules and regulations. Again, it's not very transparent in hotels in relation to this service charge and how much is really calculated at the end of the month. So, you know, you don't really know. But for me, I don't know. Paying service, for me, look, I I used to live in America. I used to go, you know, you go out, you always tip around 10%. But that was kind of, um, it was up to you whether you did it or not. It was discretionary. But this idea that every time you sit down to have a drink, every time you, you go somewhere, you're automatically having to pay 10% or whatever it may be, uh, and you've no choice about it. I think that personally is, is kind of wrong. I think you should be given the choice whether you want to pay it or not. I mean, what about if you get just get bad service? So now you're paying 10% for bad service as well. So yeah, it's another thing. But I'll leave it up to you guys. What do you think? Do you think a that service charge should be all part of the industry? Do you think it should be kind of discretionary? You decide yourself whether or not you want to pay it or do you agree with it being tacked on to every other bill? I'd love to know your thoughts as always down below and I am going to talk about service charge in another episode but in relation to the hospitality industry here in Thailand, in relation to uh, what hotels are paying people versus what they get in service charge. And this will be a, a whole other show, but I'm just commenting on this particular article that seems to be boasting about these very high service charges. And finally, if you think you have it bad in Thailand when it comes to politics, try Myanmar. Myanmar army set to cement rule with Tough new election criteria. Now, this is coming from Reuters today. Myanmar's ruling junta on Friday announced tough requirements for parties to contest an election this year, including a huge increase in their membership, a move that could sideline the military's opponents and cement its grip on politics. Myanmar's top generals led a coup in February 2021 after five years of tense power sharing under a quasi-civilian political system That was created by the military, which led to a decade of unprecedented reform. The country has been in chaos since the um, coup, with a resistance movement fighting the military on multiple fronts after a bloody crackdown on opponents opponents that saw Western sanctions reimposed. The military have pledged to hold an election in August this year. An announcement in Friday state media said parties intending to compete nationally must have at least 100,000 members up from the 1000 previously and commit to running in the election in the next 60 days or be deregistered as a party the rules favor the union solidarity and development party a military proxy stacked with former generals sounds so familiar which was trounced by a uh, Aung San Suu Kyi's National League for Democracy party in 2015 and 2020 elections. The NLD was uh, decimated by the coup with thousands of its members arrested or jailed and many more in hiding and also killed. It could have been added to the end of that. Richard Horsey, a senior advisor to the International Crisis Group, who is was based in Myanmar for 15 years, said the rule aimed to restore a political system the military can control. Parties are going to be either too scared offended at the sham that the election is or will just be too expensive for them to mount a nationwide campaign in that kind of environment. Who would fund a political party right now, he said. The whole exercise is something to uh, perpetrate military rule. It's a piece of theatre. It doesn't have to work because they've decided what the outcome will be already. The junta said it's committed to democracy and seized power because of unaddressed violations in a 2020 election, won in a landslide by the ruling NLD. The NLD in November described the election as phony and said it would not acknowledge it. The election has also been dismissed by a sh- uh, as a sham by Western governments. And yeah, that's basically it in Myanmar. I mean, if you do think it's bad in Thailand at times... I mean look no further than our neighbours here and uh, yeah it's one million times worse and with no real future outlook for a better future there uh, you know it's and, and and there is reasons obviously why people leave the country and come to work in Thailand and all these other things but yeah no it's I mean my heart goes out to um the people of Myanmar and what they've gone through and you know just they're pushed kind of to want to have their own freedoms and their own way of life and Yeah, it's just wrong what's been going on there for many, many years. And I also think Western governments have a lot to answer for in all this, and and also the ASEAN countries that are surrounding it. I think a lot more could be done by its neighbors. Cambodia, Vietnam, Malaysia, Singapore, Thailand, all these countries I think could have a lot more power and input on what's going on there and put a lot more pressure on this military junta, but they play politics like every country does, I guess. But anyway, that's it for today, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show. Again, if you enjoyed it, please do hit the subscribe button, like the video, comment. We love it all. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you on Monday morning.